morning, everyone. Once again, it's a pleasure to be here to worship with you. The title of the sermon that I chose is It's a Miracle. Being Portuguese uh, by birth, like I said, I came to Canada when I was nine years old. Uh, in back home, everything that happens accidentally is considered a miracle, which it has some truth to it, right? Nothing happens by chance. And God is in control of everything. Uh, but sometimes the Portuguese go overboard. There was an incident in the north of Portugal, rural area. The, the newspaper came, the, the main title of the newspaper was just mentioned, it's a miracle. What happened is, in the morning when people awoke, they, there was like a rusty material on the ground everywhere. On the landscape, houses, everywhere. And they call this a miracle. Uh, about a, a week later, they found out that uh, there's a, a big city in, in the west, in the coastal city of Porto. It's a very, uh, uh, how should I say it? There's a lot of factories there, very dense and, and, and polluting factories. What happened is that they emitted this acid rain type of thing. And that's what caused this rusty material on the ground. But to them, it was a miracle. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I've received a lot of miracles in my life. In the Sabbath school, we had uh, a chance of uh, some of our brothers and sisters commenting about miracles that they received. And I'm sure if I ask each one of you today, you would answer me. You would have a story of a miracle that happened in your life. I actually have one that's an amazing story, which I'm not going to talk about maybe in a future day, a future time. I was actually in France, and I almost died. And I can assure you, when I tell you the story, it's, it's real. I, when I think of it, even today, it gives me chills. I had to go to the dictionary. I actually went to the Google dictionary and to define what a miracle is. And this is what it says. A miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not ex explicable by natural or scientific laws. And this and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. That's what a miracle defined is. It was interesting. I Googled again. Internet, I'm, I'm learning to use this. I'm not a, a, an expert on internet or the computer, but I enjoy sometimes Googling these things. And what I found in the internet was the top 10 miracles of the Bible chosen by most Westerners, religious or, or not. Here we go. The tenth miracle that people remember or heard about is Jesus exorcises a legion of demons. Y'all know this story, right? Number nine, the ten plagues of Egypt. All is considered miracles. 
Number eight, Jesus walks on water. I would love to be there and see this. Even, even Paul walking on water. That would have been an amazing thing to see. Even though he drowned, almost drowned, right? Number seven, Balaam and this talking donkey. This is what people remember. Number six, crossing the Red Sea. Number five, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Number four, Jesus raises Lazarus. I would think it would be closer to number one. That's a great miracle. After four days in the tomb and coming out of that tomb. That's amazing. Number three, Joshua stops the sun. Uh, everybody know the story? This is the, the time that uh, Israelites, by the hands of Joshua, of course, God's power, to conquer Canaan. It was a big battle with the Canaanites. And they were winning. But Joshua asked for, for the day to last longer because they needed to destroy these enemies. Otherwise, they would fight back. So God did a miracle holding the sun. Or I should say, knowing a little bit about astronomy, stopping the earth on its axis. I think because daylight became 36 hour day. In other words, there was no night that, that, that day. That's a miracle. Number two. Of course, the resurrection of Jesus. And number one, what people remember, is the miracle of creation. Some of Jesus' miracles, I have, I wrote some down, and probably repeating, repeating what I just read. Jesus' miracles, look at this. Walking on water, feeding the multitudes, cursing the fig tree, marriage of Canaan, where he multiplied, where he turned water into wine, Healing a man of dropsy, catching the fish, catching a fish, coin in the mouth of a fish. Remember that one? Calm the storm, healing of blind man, raising of Lazarus, raising of Jairus' daughter, etc., etc. Bible says that if if uh, Jesus, if there were books. To write all the miracles that Jesus did, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fit a, a library. I think there's the greatest miracle, in my opinion, maybe yours too. And I'm going to ask my son later on at the end of the sermon to, uh, there's a video clip which I, I really liked, and it has a, a boys' choir, angels' voices. You're going to hear it. And, uh, and that will tell you my personal opinion, what is the greatest miracle. But I would say the second biggest miracle is the one that our brother just read. The born again experience. We might ask, why do Christians need to be born again? A lot of denominations out there, they just believe as long as you accept Jesus as your Savior, you're saved. Or just believing. Believing is enough. Or being baptized in the church is enough. 
according to Jesus, when he has this encounter with Nicodemus, is that Jesus tells him, unless you are born again, you won't even enter heaven. You won't, able, you won't even see heaven. This is very serious, in my opinion. And as members of our church, I think it's a topic we need to review again. Because it's not enough to be a Seventh-day Adventist. It's not enough to keep the Sabbath. And I mentioned it on the Sabbath school. The Sabbath doesn't even save you. Even if you could keep the commandments, which we should, and we can pretty much do it if we have the power. Even if we could keep the commandments, we still have to pay for the past sins. So there's no way we can be saved. But Jesus says we need to be born again. To save time, because I want to try, I forgot, I, I told my wife I was going to put my cell phone on, so you have to give me a signal. I don't want to go over 30 minutes or 35 the most, because I believe any sermon that goes over that, unless you're an excellent preacher, which I'm not, everybody's going to go to sleep. I don't want that to happen. So to save time, I, I have a, a, some verses which I already wrote them down. If you would like to write on your, on your book or so on, you can read it later on or at home. But I want to read Ephesians 2, chapters 2, verses 1. Ephesians 2, verses 1. And it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in sins. So here's some of the reasons we need to be born again. We are sinners by birth. There's nothing we can do about it. It's our, in our DNA. You know, even, I, I have to say this, even Enoch or Elijah, if they went to heaven without dying, it's not because they were sinless. I'm sure they were not perfect. They must have did something wrong. So let's, be, let's make sure we know that. The only person who was sinless and pure in thought, in mind, in, act, in, in deeds or actions was Jesus, the, the God-man. First, we're all trans, transgressors. On Romans 3, chapters 3, verses 23, Romans 3, verse 23 it says, Paul says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I should say, in short, all of humanity is spiritually dead. When we are born in, in, to life in this, in this earth, we're all spiritually dead. I don't know if you understand. I'm making myself clear. When Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, God considered them dead. Do you really believe this? They were still living. They were still kicking. But spiritually, they were dead. They lost the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that was covering, covering their nakedness. That's when, when they disobeyed, that glory left them. They, was, they saw them, they were naked. 
So it was the presence of the Holy Spirit, that which they had, by the way. When God created Adam and Eve, they had the Holy Spirit in them, with them. When they sinned, they lost this power. So to God, anyone that is born on this earth is spiritually dead. One other reason we need to be born again. We need to be born of the Spirit. It's only when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior that we become alive again. When the, if my son was here, he would say, here we go again. Uh, there was a time I, I was obsessed with the rich young ru ruler because in parts of the Bible, various uh, uh, books of the Bible, the Gospels of the Bible, uh, when it talks about the rich young ruler, one says, and one, one word stuck to me, I don't know which one it is now, but Jesus says to the young, rich young ruler, you lack, if you want to be perfect, you lack something, you lack something. And that really, I was obsessed with this word. Lacked what? What did he lack? Because he said he kept the commandments since he was in, from childbirth. And uh, so that really took me months of studying and deep study. I think was God's ways of making me study. Go deep. Until I realized what this lacking meant. And how to be perfect or complete like the Bible says but the rich young ruler Jesus says to him if you want to live start obeying the commandments so to God when we become obedient to God to his word that's when we start living life I don't know if you agree with this but it, it has I understand this clearly now because before uh, even though I was born Catholic and uh, but I wanted to study the word and God had his ways of doing that. And after many years, I understood what this means. That only when you have this constant yearning for the presence of God, uh, praying, even, I, I pray when I'm working. I'm not praying, I, I, like I'm talking to God. I'm thanking him all the time. If everything goes well with me, I'm, I'm actually renovating my home. Uh, it's a log house. It was, it's a complete chaos in there. But when I bought it, I knew that what I was getting into. Uh, but, you know, I, I thank God at the end of the day. Boy, you know, I did so much today. And I tell you something. It's a blessing to be retired. Because now I actually have time to myself. Uh, I renovated quite a few homes back in Toronto. This is how I, uh, God has blessed me buying old and, and renovating and selling. So that's why I'm, I'm retired today, thank God. Uh, but uh, uh, I had my full-time job and uh, it wasn't easy. Come, to come home and then start over until 9, 10. I remember working until midnight and 1 in the morning because I'm that type of person. When I have something in my mind, I have to do it. And my wife knows Jen, she calls me Jen, which is Eugene. Dinner's ready. In a minute. I have to do this. Well, that 
until I finish. Sometimes it goes hours. So she's, she's used to that. But now we have time. We actually have a time to have lunch and have dinner and breakfast. It's, it's, I tell you, I'm really enjoying the retirement <laughs> age. I'm still, I'm not 65, by the way, even though I look it. My wife looks 40, right? Everybody tells that. She's, she's my, my daughter. I'm the, her father. <laughs> Just a little laugh here. But, um, but it's true. Um, I don't want to lose track here. But uh, let me see here. Where am I? Oh, the rich young ruler, yes. So he said, uh, yeah, when we start obeying God, that's when we start living. But Jesus had something better for this young man. And I, th I believe he has something better for us too. We really need to uh, have a new, new life, new focus, new ideas, new ideals, new... I don't know what... I can't even express myself here, but everything God... Had, you know, God doesn't want to take the enjoyment of life, the pleasures of life. God wants us to enjoy life, this world, in this world. And there's, in the, in the, in the, we live, like right now I'm really appreciating the countryside. And, you know, Belleville is really, like our sister was saying, we're, we're blessed. I'm really blessed being living in this part of, the, of Canada. It's beautiful. And, and God wants us to enjoy life, to enjoy nature. To enjoy family and, and, and have fun. God wants us to do that. But unless we have, we know what God wants from us, you know, we're, we're lost. I'm going to read now Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourself, but a gift from God. So the lesson really goes into this in more in detail, right? Regarding faith, grace. And you know what? Most denominations, unfortunately, they see grace as just a gift of eternal life. And that's not what Paul says on the Bible. Paul says that, I should say, that's not what Paul says, it's, it's Jesus that says it, really. Jesus says it on, uh, which is the continuation of Romans, uh, of John, when, he, uh, when Jesus was talking with Nicodemus. In John 3, Jesus says, We need to be born of water and the Spirit. And uh, when I started uh, studying this aspect, I had to actually call my son. Well, I actually spoke with him regarding this matter because I wasn't sure. Is this water baptism? What is it? And uh, through other verses that he showed me, what Jesus is talking about here is water as washing see the gift of grace or grace is the gift of Jesus is the forgiving 
of our sins and the repenting of them. That's the washing. That, that's the water that Jesus is talking about here. So first, we need graces. We need to repent of our sins and we need to be forgiven of them. And only Jesus can do that. That's the first part of grace. The second part of grace is the is the power of the Holy Spirit living in our in our life. How do we know that we have the we've been born again? I don't know if anybody wants to answer. You know, I remember best preacher in the world, Jesus Christ. When he preached, he asked questions. And people will answer. So I don't mind if you, if I ask a question and you want to answer, that's fine with me. Uh, but does, any, does anybody have an idea of to prove that we are born, have been born again? Anybody have, have an idea? Yes, sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one. That's one. Does anybody have a, yes, sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But how how do we prove with how do you prove but yes. Yes. Exactly. That that's the way we prove. You know, Galatians five, verse twenty two. What does it say? The fruit of the spirit. Not the fruits, the fruit of the Spirit. If you have the fruit of the Spirit, that's proof that you've been born again. And we know what the, proof, the, 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 proof is, the, the fruit is. It's actually, I always thought it was more than one fruit. Well, you have grace, you have love, you have patience. And I thought it was more than one fruit. No, it's one, proof, one fruit with all these uh, attributes. Exactly. One fruit has all this all put together. So if you, if you believe, if you believe you have love, but you don't have patience, you don't have the fruit of the Spirit. There is a part of the Bible that talks about fruits. And Jesus talks about these fruits. So the fruit of the Spirit is one fruit with all these attributes that we know about. But Jesus also talks about fruits, that we should be producing lots of fruit. This is different. The, the, these fruits are the good deeds, the good works that Jesus talks. The one that has, it's what, uh, when the Bible says about faith, faith without works is dead. So true faith has good deeds, good works. But these good works, it's not, it's, it's, it's uh, the Holy Spirit given. Or empowered by the Holy Spirit. Which is basically to help the needy. You know, not think about yourself. Think of others. And to preach Jesus. To take Jesus to others. So that they may receive salvation too. That's pretty much it of... Uh, let me see. I, I think I went through all my sheets here. <laughs> yeah. So this is my, the message of... My message for you today is that we really need to be born again. And I'm sure you're going through this phase. I sure am. I believe I am. Uh, 
You know, I, I see my, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit in my life, I see it as still green. It's not ripe yet. You know, I want to have this fruit ripe. And I think God can do this in my life. And He can do that in yours. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for helping me through this service, Lord, being your word. It is my prayer, oh Lord, that you will touch my brothers and sisters' hearts. Help them to understand, if they don't understand yet, how important it is to be born again. To confess their, our sins and repent from them. And to have the Holy Spirit live in our lives. Transform our character. So that we can be similar, alike Jesus. We know this is very important because you said it. And we want to be in heaven one day, O oh Lord. We want to be next to you, always. So please bless us this morning. Bless our church. Bless this church. May it fulfill its duty in this great city. May we share Jesus, the Savior of the world. In your name I ask. Amen.